Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Today's episode of the Nick Bob Podcast is brought to you by my good pals at Runza. Runza and my pod, we've teamed up for a pretty exciting summer sweepstakes that could win you one free Runza combo meal a month for an entire year. Oh my goodness. All you got to do is head over to herdatmedia.com backslash boss sweeps to enter for your chance to win. You might get your free runs a game right once per month for an entire year. All you got to do is get registered for your chance to win. So go to herdatmedia.com backslash boss sweeps. That's herdatmedia.com backslash boss sweeps. There's a link to the sweepstakes page in the podcast description so uh, you can certainly go there too but it's herdatmedia.com backslash boss sweeps head there get registered you might be the grand prize winner runza makes it all better and the nick bob podcast is brought to you by my good friends at pella windows and doors and you know putting in some new windows or a new door it's really exciting but it can be a little intimidating because sometimes you don't even know where to begin let me help you out first of all One option is you can schedule a free in-home consultation. That's right, 100% free. You're going to get a Pella expert out to sit down with you, look at your home, and they're going to put a Scott Frost-esque game plan together for you that fits your budget, your home, your want, and your needs. That's one option you can go. Or you can head out to the showroom. they got showrooms in Omaha and Lincoln that are really cool. You can actually uh, go there and you can see the door, see the door, feel it, open it, close it. It's a good way to get a better sense of exactly what you're going to be putting into your home. So the showroom is a good place to go as well. So check them out online, PellaOmaha.com. That's PellaOmaha.com. Welcome back into the podcast. I uh, want to remind everybody uh, to subscribe to the podcast. Just click that subscribe button. Yes, it helps me out, but it also helps you. So that way you don't miss any of the great pods right when they drop. Like the pod I just recorded with Dirk Chatlin of the Omaha World Herald. We went about an hour, talked about NIL. We talked about Trev Alberts being hired in Nebraska. Bruce Rasmussen, legendary Crane Athletic Director, retiring. We talked about a bunch of stuff. Make sure you go check that pod out. Or if you're subscribed, you will see the podcast that's going to drop soon, which is another Husker Classic Recaps Actually, just got finished recording that bad boy. Bo Rude and I recorded a recap of the 1993 Orange Bowl. Number one, Florida State. Number two, Nebraska. Just a, a heartbreaking, crazy game. I mean, this game's bananas. When you sit down and rewatch it, it's nuts. So get ready to listen to that one because, oh my gosh, it's one of the craziest games you'll ever see. Uh, so make sure you subscribe to the pod. That way you won't miss any podcasts when they drop. So it is, uh, it's Thursday, July 22nd. It's about 5.30 p.m. Central Time. And Big Ten Media Days for Nebraska going on in Indianapolis. Scott Frost had his media session, met with the media, talked about his team, talked about his program, talked about a bunch of the stuff. And I sat down with Bo Rood, from Husker linebacker, to recap some of the highlights of what Scott Frost had to say. So let's get to it. Yours truly, Bo Rood, recapping Scott Frost's comments at Big Ten Media Days. Let's go. All right, here we are, Bo Roots here. We got a couple of bubblies in front of us, and we're ready to go. It is, we're taping this. It is uh, about 4.42 Central Standard Time on Thursday, July 22nd. 
It is. Uh, it's been Big Ten Media Days, and we are going to just react to what we we heard from from Big Ten Media Days. You and I went and we we listened to Frost. You didn't see him at the podium, but we saw him on set with Denardo yeah. and Joshua Perry and Dave Revson. First, good suit. Frost had a good suit, did he not? Representing us well, absolutely. His guns and quads. So, is Barrett? Is Barrett? Is Frost a like? Is he busting it in the weight room? Nick, I I asked this question. I go, how often is Frost? He says almost never. How? I don't know. I don't understand that. How do? I don't. I I was true because uh, you know he's like he looks pretty built still. He looks like he could still. I think he legitimately is just a guy that used to work out a lot and kind of has genetics. And I think he's kind of just riding it out right now. I mean, because it's incredible. I, you would think that dude is out there busting his ass. I don't think know? he's busting at all. I, oh, I thought he was I'm with wrong. Zach Duvall doing all maybe like he the... sneaks sneaks off. And I think he literally just shows up and says, "This is what I look like." I thought he looked good though. Then I mean that. I mean I know that's been a running joke for years that I like his, you know, I like his thighs and his his guns and all Wait, that. Wait, you like his thighs now? <laughs> okay. I didn't know about that. I, I, uh, Nick, I think that's a new uh, uh, confession. They let's call it confession. <laughs> He's got good. Yeah, he's got good quads. He's got the kind of quads that looks like he's done a front squat or two. You know, uh, a lunge or two. His thighs. Uh, what? Uh, uh, is it wrong if I say <laughs> I like Frost thighs? Okay? Let's hope he never listens to this podcast. Frost seems like a guy that would get. There's certain guys that you feel like would react well to another man telling you, you "I like your quads." What? what see, isn't that funny? Like, if I say I like your thighs. That's like ooh, but if I say great quads, it feels quads better. is manly. Okay, so I think you thighs stick is with what that. you say about like I like Pamela Anderson's thighs. Yeah, yeah. thighs is something uh, that implies <laughs> different intentions. You're, the intentions change with thighs and quads. Oh my god, quads, man talk. Thighs is, is other yeah. kinds of talk, you know. But yeah, I thought he looked good because sometimes. You know, there, there are times you look at him and he looks just like, you know, like he hasn't slept. He's run down. Like, I thought he looked good today. It looked like he had maybe taken a jab or two to the eyes today. He was a little puffy. Oh, man. I think he didn't get it quite the same. Do you think they flew there today, or do you think they flew there the night before? Because I might know if I, I have to do things on day that you, even if it's like a quick hour flight, like I'm like, woof, that's it for me today. I did, I did big, so I was the, the team rep for yeah. my senior year for Big 12 Media Days, and it was the morning of flight. It was early, oh. but just private jet. Still, though, it's, it takes it out of you a little bit. One of two times in my life I've been on a private jet. Oh, Let really? Me just tell you, private jets change I, it all. I've been on so many. This sounds like uh, like an. I've been on the private jets so many times. That's how Creighton flies to a lot of. Oh, you get to go on every one. I mean, most of them. Not not anymore because I'm now I'm doing most stuff like with Fox and all that. But like, yeah, yeah. I mean, I've been like the private jet life is like. If I I always say it, like if I ever hit the Powerball, private chef. My own oh, chef. Man, that's good. Can you imagine call. never having to worry about like what, like just great food that you never have to cook. That you never have to cook, that's healthy, tastes good, all that stuff. They know what you want. Private chef and then private jet. No question, those two things, the amount of enjoyment you get out of them, probably just the ease and enjoyment of travel 
and the food. Oh. Like it's better than you can spend your money in almost. Well, here's I will say being are you TSA pre-checked? No. TSA pre-check is a game changer and makes your whole experience traveling way better. Because, but even with that, like every experience at the airport, like kind of takes the soul out of you a little bit, you know, going through security, going through, like, it's all a little rough. Let me just, let's, let's talk about something that's on the, the low, like when you have to use the airport toilet. Oh God, it's brutal. When you go, just going into an airport bathroom, it's crowded, it smells, it's wet. There's always a, two faucets that are just not working. It's just awful. I think I, I I was I had to stop into Tokyo when I went to I went to Thailand to visit a friend. I mean, years you ago. could. I mean, I was I had no idea. Where I you... went to Tokyo. No, uh, <laughs> Nick. I went to Tokyo and the Tokyo airport. And uh, I mean, what was the Tokyo airport like? It was a moment. It actually wasn't that. It wasn't like dirt. It was just. But it was like you're in a foreign country. Airports in general, I just, I'm just, they're just a little bit just like gunky. You just feel like everybody in the world's walked by, licked their hand and rubbed it on right, it. Right, right. And times 10 in a, in a, in a bathroom. And I just, yeah. I just remember I had to use the bathroom. It was just like one of those things you're just like, Ooh, boy. you're just like, this is not where I want to be. No. So anytime you can avoid <sighs> an airport, it's a good thing, which I'd imagine Frost and those guys did today. Yes. Uh, by the way, would you have classified yourself as a good interview, like, or or were you Mister Cliche? Um, you seem like a guy that wanted to give people nothing. I give you nothing in the in most entertaining way I can give it to you. <laughs> hey, Nick, no different than this podcast. I give you nothing, but I'm trying to entertain you as best I can. So you were take it one play at a time. We're excited. We're working hard. It's yeah. like a family. We have a family atmosphere, a lot of that stuff. Um, but not like I, I would never I never was the type that was like trying to give an obvious cliche. Right. I would be safe. Pseudo insightful. But pseudo insightful. Right. Yeah. Like it it's sort of the there's a there's a a line you walk where you're almost just being like, oh, I don't even care, so I'm just gonna give you you know, I I didn't think I tried to be engaging stuff. I never I never got sent to Missouri Valley Conference Media Days. I don't know what Dane Altman probably knew then to keep me away from all those people. You were but, good though. You were always been, good with the media. Oh, yeah, you knew I was, how to do I'd it. Have been fantastic. But yeah, I never I never got that opportunity. Local media days, I was the man. I was killing it. You know what Who saying? got sent? Funk? I think it would have been well it would have been Funk and Tolliver my junior year, and then my senior year, I want to say it was Dane Watts got sent. Oh. I think Coach only wanted to bring one guy. What are you going to do? You know, it's all good. Never forgive him. Never forgive him for that one. <laughs> so, okay. So, Big Ted Media Days. Um, by the way, they, you know, they flash up a graphic on when when they're talking about Nebraska. And, it, and it's just a reminder of like, man. And it's kind of the that 74% of the production is returning from last season. Like, that's a ton. For us, it's a ton because we've had so much – turnover i felt well, to like. contrast that i saw northwestern 39 percent of its production is returning yeah so it, it's again i've said it all the time like there's the whole like there's that saying here in sports all the time it's like the good news is everybody's back the bad news is everybody's back and i i still feel like ultimately this is something that's going to be good for this group a lot for us it's it's a good thing um I think especially because expectations are low with right, it. right. I think it's a bad thing for us if we're picked to win the Big Ten, if we're 
feel like we're you know we need to win nine ten games next year like if that's if that's the message behind this returning production i'm a little bit going eh. but the fact that we're, we're not picked to win the big 10 people have kind of low expectations of us this year i think they're in a good position to um to have this experience and this returning production to sort of get something wrong. So I, I want to do something different with this one where basically I sat down with my computer in front of my TV and I wrote down notes during Frost's media session with, with the podium. And I just want to go through a lot of the questions he was asked, beat bits and pieces of his answers and kind of just, you know, give our reaction to him. Yeah. One of the first questions he was asked was basically like, do you feel like this is the, the best team you've had since that, since you've, been at Nebraska and Frost kind of played a lot of the greatest hits that some people are cynical about because it you know he's kind of played this card a lot and hasn't uh it hasn't shown itself in the results but he continues to double down on how he says this is the most excited he he's been and the most confident he's been in his team since he's arrived at Nebraska and the reason why is there's a great combination of talent character and that culture kind of kind of coming together he he at least i like that it shows how self-aware he is he's like listen i'm not trying to sell you guys anything that's not there and we got to go earn whatever respect we go get this year but i think i, I don't know I, I i guess i hear that and i take him at face like i believe that i believe that this is probably the best do you feel like this is it's no we're not saying you by saying this we're not saying that nebraska is going to go win nine ten games but like i'd have to feel like this is probably the the best collection of talent and the most confident that Frost would have been in his team so far, right? Yeah, I think the people we have here, they can depend on probably more than they've been able to in the past. You know, like, you got experience. You got guys like Cam Taylor Britt, you know, Deontay Williams, Dismuke. These guys have played for multiple been years stilly. now. Yeah. Stilly. Yeah. You got Austin Allen. Yeah. Adrian. You got a four-year starting quarterback. I mean, like, it, it's like even like, you know, like problems that we've had in the past, like, you know, like Cam Jurgens, like he had trouble with the snaps. But he's also now in his third year. Like, you feel pretty good about him, even right. though he had some snapping issues. You go, gosh, like this guy's played a lot. Like, you feel like a confidence by at least knowing, like, I've seen that guy play before. That guy can play. Like, those things where... I think in the past there's like when there's a lot of just totally new, I've never seen that guy play. I don't feel great about that. And with the other, Jojo Doman, another guy, Jojo, another, Jojo's yeah. played a lot of football here, but I think, uh, I don't know. I think, you know, you get the cynical fans right now and everybody's a little cynical of frost because of the results. And that's, you know, it is what it is. But like, I, I, when he says that, I don't think he's just saying that. I really don't. Every year they have, they have hammered home that the, the, the character of the kids they have are getting better and the culture is getting better. That is something that they've been unwavering on every year. It's gotten better. And that's, right. that's good to know. And I believe that now the talent, like how much talent have we brought in? Um, I think at some positions is still to, to be desired, but we've they've definitely upgraded some size and strength. And like, I think we've like, we've caught up in a lot of those. Agreed. I think there's just a few positions where we're like, we need a, playmaker here or there i just think the other thing and then we'll move on to the next question with that he answered but like the other thing too is that that can't be under 
you know, under talked about, understated, it, it is like, again, the whole mantra, and we've hit on this of after the first year, after that Iowa game, Frost talking about the size in the trenches. Like, we don't look like those guys. We don't look like that has changed. Yes. And I think ultimately we can we can try to harken back on the on year one and Divino Zigbo and Stanley Morgan. That's that team still went four and eight. And that team still wasn't that like this team now in the trenches is better than twenty eighteen. And I think they're better than twenty nineteen. And I think they're gonna be better in twenty twenty. Yeah, you see guys like Ty Robinson, like when you look when you see them still eat Ty Robinson, like you go like you can put well, them up against a lot of people and feel just fine. Well, here, okay, so I'll bounce around. This wasn't the next question he was asked, but since we're talking about it, we'll kind of keep rolling with this. He was asked, which position group are you most excited about? And it's one in which you always got to be careful as a coach because you never want to, uh, I don't know, put unnecessary amounts of pressure on some. Uh, on you, you never want to be too positive about one and not about the other or put too much pressure on one or not the other, but I loved his answer. He said, when you think about Nebraska, you think about the pipeline. And he talked about the offensive line. And that he Ooh. talked, he praised Greg Austin. He praised Zach Duvall. And that he feels like they've been young and they feel like a lot of the young talent in their, in their program is now kind of developed and being ready to really showcase itself on the field. And said he expects that to be a strength of the team. And if that's the case, that bodes really well. So that's surprising to me, actually. Um, I, I thought was, he would say defensive backs. I would have like, said defensive backs, right. you know, interior D linemen. Th those are veterans all coming back. Now, for him to say that, they must like those two tackles. Because I think you could say that, you know, Jurgens and uh, Piper, the guards, like I think they're going to be solid players, right? right. But Ben Hart and Co Cochran are like the – some of the highest rated recruits they've gotten. And I think they got a ton of talent and potential. I think they must feel good about where those guys are at right now, because without those two guys being like ready to go, I think it's hard to say that because that's what I know. I, I just think it bodes well and we'll see. I mean, what is bad? I just think the fact that he went there with it. It's great. That's great to hear. It's great to hear. I mean, those guys, that, that wouldn't, I mean, the, obviously, this. I mean, who cares? It's it's media days. It's just a quote on a piece of paper. It's it's a line on a TV. But like, but he chose line. the offensive line, at all the position it. groups. He could have chose tight ends, specifically. He could have chose said, "Hey, I think a wide receiver group is much better." He could have said, "Our defensive backs, our linebacker." You, I mean, it, literally, you could have. I could I could write down like four or five different position groups that I would have said. Like, if you'd have paused it and said, what's his answer going to be? I think I would have wrote down a bunch of other position groups before I got to the offensive line, but I think the fact that he mentioned them is great. I might go three or four positions before I go O-line, but I actually like that he did that. It gives me maybe a little bit more confidence in him. I guess I thought, like, you know, those two tackles might be – they might be good enough this year, but I think they're really a year away from being really good. Agree. Um but the, like I don't know, maybe maybe they've had a great off season, and you know those guys. It's more to me. It was just about it's just about strength and experience. But that's, that's exciting, a, right? Yeah. To at least hear him go there. Okay. He was also asked. He also was asked about, you know, what what specific areas has he really focused on with his team that they need to get better at? 
and everybody knows what those that this answer is going to be, but it's always good to hear him say it out loud and expand on it a little bit. That he talked about how, and you heard it on the when he was at the 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 on set with Revson and those guys, where there there's just been too many self inflicted wounds. That turnovers, penalties, special teams, all those sorts of things have really come up to bite him. And when you play in a league like the Big Ten, you know where you you're playing a lot of teams that don't beat themselves. If you if if you go out there and you make self-inflicted wounds, you're going to be you're going to be in in a in a tough tough spot. Mm-hmm. So it's I mean, I think the other thing that was interesting is I think he's and this is sometimes it sounds like he he referenced fact with an older experienced team that the older guys organically value and see the value in those mistakes, right? Like, I'm sure for you, you saw the value in certain things more as a senior than you did as a freshman, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but the other thing is, is I think he's basically kind of hinted at that he's really been able to get across to the team. Like, hey, guys, this stuff matters because it's affecting our ability to win and lose games. Like, miss, this mistake on special teams can directly lose us the game right like this penalty can can be directly tied to losing the game and I know for me like that that's when you start to see that when players can connect it to wins and losses it goes to a different place so I thought that was it was cool to hear him expand on that a little bit yeah and then the players you know once they start kind of embracing that and and policing themselves like you know once it becomes embedded like when they're on each other about don't make that kind of mistake versus a coach having to every time try to get it into their heads like once it's in their heads it's different than trying to pound it in right so maybe before that's like you know they talk about penalties but it, they don't get it right now if he's saying they're starting to get it that's a good that's progress because he was also asked then about kind of losing close games and how does experience on a team maybe help you close those tight games and it's all the same stuff we just laid out like yeah. again you're Oftentimes, and we've said it whenever we do these game recaps, it's literally like a play here, a play there, a penalty here, a penalty there, a bad special teams play here, there. And, you know, he talked about how Nebraska hasn't had an old team yet. Yeah. And he feels like this is the oldest team he's had. And there's kind of just having veterans and experience kind of helps kind of limit those mistakes. And, so we'll see. I mean, because you better believe this this season there's going to be a lot of close games, and we'll see if that experience can kind of help them a little bit. Yeah, they they have enough experience, especially on defense, uh, besides running back and receiver. Uh, this team is experienced enough that they should they should have a sense of timing in these games to know when it's like you can't make a mistake now. Or you got to make a real play now too. Like there, there, that comes with experience. We have enough, I think, that we shouldn't be able to blame losses on a lack of experience. Anymore. Agree, I agree. Um, something else Scott Frost was asked about and and expanded on more when he was at the at the table with Revson and those guys was he was asked about the running back situation, and I think it's worth noting, and I actually like this, that he said he doesn't want it to be a running back by committee. He wants there to be a bell count. He wants one guy to emerge, which I love. It, that, that spot, like, let's be real. Like, if you don't got – I mean, I don't know. Some people do it by committee. But, like, if you don't got a guy, that's always a little concerning to me. There's something to that, like, the defense – 
doesn't have to respect the run in the same way. Well, it just like you got to have a guy. And and I'm I'm a huge huge advocate of the value of players getting into a rhythm. And to me, it's like okay, here's 20 carries. Would we rather give, you know, Gabe Irvin 10 and Marvin Scott 10 or just give 20 to Gabe Irvin? Like, I'm kind of of the cloth. Like, I'd rather give 20 to one guy. I, I think in the games that matter, you get, you know what I'm saying? Right. Like, I think when you're playing Buffalo, give them 10 each. Sure. When you're playing When you're at Oklahoma, Illinois or at Oklahoma, like. At, I mean. That's what's so hard about that first game. But like, I, I, by the way, I think you got to sell out to it. I mean, I think you got to bring every trick in the book. Oh, yeah. You got to do whatever you can to win that. That Illinois game is the Super Bowl. <laughs> Let's be. Am I the only one that thinks this? Like to me, it's like the rest I, I of the season doesn't matter. I feel that way too. But a part of me doesn't want to like. I get nervous by putting too much on that game because it's so important. But they, it feels like that. There, there is this feeling like if Nebraska goes and loses that game, it's like everything's going to start potentially snowballing in a bad way. Because there's a lot of pessimism right now, and you know that you can probably you. Most likely, we can pretty easily get those next two. I don't know if it's easy, but it will, I think we get those next two. Well, Fordham should be. I so mean, then you get three in a row. And for this team, who I don't think we've won three in a row since Frost has been here. Correct me if I'm wrong. Have we won three in a row? That's a great question. Off the top of my head. They I, lost their first six, and then they won a couple. But I don't know if they won three in a row. I think they've won two in a row a few different times. I... With, I don't think – so uh, this is a great podcasting here as we just look stuff up on the computer. So in 2018, Nebraska never won three in a row. 2019, early on did they? Never won three in a row. And then obviously we know last year never won three in a row. How about that? That's what I mean. That's what that to never me, won three games. That in a row. to me was why I, I'm – it's such a big game because I think if you can win three in a row – it sort of gets the dogs off of Frost. The team will feel different. Like, if they get on a winning streak, I think it builds confidence. What they don't need is to start out with a loss and then, you know, just hear all the noise. It's, it's kind of... It'll happen. You better believe. Thick Especially right now. when the next... You, you want to talk about... Now, there, there could be some excitement because it's the home opener, haven't been to a game because of the pandemic. It's going to naturally have people excited. But if you go lose at Illinois, the atmosphere for that Fordham game is going to be a little... Yeah. It's going to be down. I mean, it'll be good just to be out. But I just think, man, it's like you're blowing the opportunity to create this big momentum... To, you know, to go it's into just, Oklahoma, it's, it's going to be a it's just really scary hard to, game It to is win, scary but. to think, though, that how much hinges on that first game and kind of setting the tone for the season. And then just the unknowns of that game of, like, you don't know what Brett Bielema is really going to do with Illinois and schemes and all that stuff. Like yeah. that's, he, It's sort of a nightmare in the sense of, like, I don't think Illinois is necessarily going to be great. I just think that they that coach kind of plays into, like – a tough opponent against us, you Agreed. know, like I think with the way we're built, it's, just, I it's just your first know. road game. It's a conference game. It's just what I can't believe is, and I know you don't necessarily dabble in this world too much. The, the early line of that was Nebraska was favored by nine and a half at Illinois. That seems like a big number to me. I mean, I, the, in our little world, we, we, we think of Bielema. I think we're probably giving him too much credit. 
Um, right. We are. I mean, we yeah. are. But like Illinois did beat us last year. I don't think they're overly talented. I think they're averagely talented, but they're good enough that if we play bad like we did last year and we're stupid, they'll beat us. Oh yeah, they will. And they're going to be at home. And it's like, I just don't. It's just a trap. Oh. It's a trap game, is what it is. It's our trap game. It's our Super Right Bowl. out the gates. This episode of the Nick Bob Podcast is brought to you by Runza. Runza and my pod have teamed up for a sweet summer sweepstakes that can win you some great prizes, including an amazing grand prize. Head over to herdapmedia.com backslash ba sweeps. That's herdapmedia.com backslash ba sweeps and enter for your chance for the grand prize of, wait for it, one Runza combo meal a month for an entire year, plus a Nick Bob podcast t-shirt. That's right. One Runza combo meal a month for an entire year. Absolutely incredible. Plus, there are other great prizes as well. So head over to herdapmedia.com backslash boss sweeps. Get registered, and you might get your free Runza game right once per month for an entire year. Again, that's herdapmedia.com backslash boss sweeps to enter. Runza and the Nick Bob podcast, a winning combination trying to make you a winner. Runza makes it all better. Super Bowl, the first game of the year. Super Bowl, first game. Super Bowl, it's Super Bowl Saturday, August 28th. Get ready for it. Um, other things, you know, he's asked about NIL, and, you know, you can only expand on this so much. He talked about NIL at Nebraska, and then someone asked also about how much NIL has come up in recruiting and how much can you use it. And, you know, it, the reality is the thing that's crazy about this, he talked about how you kind of have to wait and still see what the rules are going to be for for everything or not right now. And so, and everyone knows as an employee of the university, like nobody, Barrett Rood can't go create a deal for Nick Henrich or whatever like that. It can't go through um, – through someone with the university, but he thinks a lot of the deals will happen organically and the news of those deals will ultimately get to recruits, right? Meaning Nick, Nick Saban's recruiting with NIL. He, he happens to tell everyone that his quarterback is going to make a million dollars. That's a recruiting pitch. Just so you know, right? That's him saying, uh, I can't pay any players, but to come here, but I'm going to use this as my recruiting tool to pretty much do that. Right. And let you know, you want to make a million dollars, come down. And that's, that's so, his signal to the world. That's what's so hard is, you know, I think all coaches are, are kind of built to maybe try and not want to go there with certain stuff. But, like, I don't know. Do you see Martinez got a degree deodorant? Like, whatever the terms of that are or whatever, any basically any great story of NIL for a Nebraska player you can kind of tell, I think you need to tell. But I think what Frost is saying, and he's probably – it's probably true. Like that stuff will, that story will tell itself. I, you know, the reality is this, we, you know, we talk about arms race for facilities like, well, Alabama's quarterbacks can make a million. What do you think Clemson, uh, the, the Clemson fan community, what do you think Ohio state fan community is doing right now? Is they're going, you know, I, I don't know. I just think it becomes like, that's the standard. Yeah. Like, if you want a big-time quarterback at a big-time program, is a million dollars to nothing. You know, oh it's God. sort of this is, is like, this is the market. I think me and you were kind of skeptical that the market would. I think the market now is starting to trend towards a little bit of an arms race. I, well, I'm i surprised. I, just, I was expecting it to kind of, I thought I Trevor think, the I, Trevor Lawrences were going to get it, but right. this, this quarterback doesn't have the brand name yet. This quarterback hasn't played, hasn't, like, really played yet, no. you know? So... 
I think that the thing that uh, I was viewing NIL through the lens of like player X comes to to university, he then produces on the field and that lands him gigs. But the reality of what a lot of this is going to be is going to be totally flipped. Which it's we gonna, don't like. And, is and that's recruiting. the scary thing is it's that it's going to seep into recruiting. It is already going to recruit. So then how do you quantify? Like, it's hard for me that, to then even quantify that. So they just, uh, I, I saw something today. There's a there's a basketball player who might be like a 2024 yep. guy who, he you know, he's got, He's got hops. He's dunking on everybody, and he's like he's like a Zion highlight guy, right? right? And they said he signed with Excel. The, yep. I think that's some agency, and I bet she's getting paid millions. And that to me is the uncharted territory that people are going to go into. That it's just the like- dude's three years away from playing. He's going to make millions before he gets there, and it's a it's a business 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 on top of business and then you're going to go play some amateur sport like what are we talking about i don't i mean it's <sighs> i know. it's getting weird now it it's just, just like as of Saban saying that and this dude like i'm like uh oh this well, is the weird I, stuff I, I i understand frost answer you know and not wanting to say too much and he didn't necessarily beat beat his chest about you know he said nebraska's uniquely positioned because they're the only show in the state all that stuff like to to be you know really capitalized on name image and likeness but like this is it, man. Like you gotta th- this. It, as much as anything, you you need to get you need to win to be your your in terms of a good recruiting yeah. tool, right? But you better get this right. You better get this nil stuff right and get this executed perfectly because this is like I said, this is the new thing now. The nil, can, it, I mean, nil can help you, you know, get better players and maybe win. But like we got, I think we almost have to win. Like winning has to almost come before NIL for I I just don't like I think anymore it's like you got to have W's and then let the NIL right help you out but like I don't think it's just going to be like an easy NIL is going to do it for us Oof. we got to win I mean because right now like the teams that have won the NIL is just easier than no know? question it's like no question about it we're um, like we are unique like we're going to be more uniquely set up for that than you know michigan state is but like i don't know it's gonna be it's i don't know i i still feel i mean we're only 22 days into nil and it's already like it's hard to get your arms around it you know this week it got it got goofy uh he was asked about his relationship with trev alberts um you know a lot of really excited that he's here uh Said all the other coaches, at least on his staff, are really excited. And then he, he did talk about how it's good to have someone that really understands Nebraska, its challenges, and its its positive things. Said he's already met with him four times. They've gone to lunch. They're completely on the same page. I, I'm not surprised by any of those answers, and I agree with all of them. We did a whole pod. Go check it out on Trev and his hire. It was the way I've explained it. I liked it when he was hired, and the more I think about it, the more I like it. Yeah. So I thought that was good. He was asked about COVID and how a game should be handled in terms of it should be forfeited or whatever. He didn't want to talk about that, which is smart. <laughs> he, didn't, he didn't want to say anything about, about that. He was, though, I thought this was interesting. He was asked about recruiting in Omaha. He was asked about Omaha's recruiting issues and basically was asked, how do you make Omaha a strength in recruiting? And, you know, whoever asked this question, I forgot who it was, referenced 
some of the specific players by names. Hey, this guy's going to Oklahoma. This guy's going to Missouri. And I think Frost's answer was kind of what we've all talked about, that he didn't expand on it too much, but said, listen, we're in the process of trying to build a, a winning program, and winning is going to help a lot of things, and that's where the focus has been, and that's going to help recruiting. Yeah. And I think that's the truth. Like, Yeah, because, I mean, there's no, like – Omaha, we're not paying attention. Like, of course, we're paying attention to Omaha. It's just like it's a thing where like Omaha has decided that, or the kids there have decided that. Like, we think right now you're not winning enough for us to go there, because in the old days, I, I mean, most all of them came. Right. When you were winning, they came, and it's, this is a new experience. I think. Well, the thing too, I, I think. The thing that also needs to help is you need to win, but you need to have success stories from guys from Omaha. Yeah. Meaning, like Xavier Betts, Nick Henrich, they need to go ball out. Yeah. So because because I I do believe this, like subconsciously, like you were able to growing up, you saw your brother go to Nebraska, and you saw you know John Hess goes to Nebraska, and John Bowling goes to Nebraska, and Trevor Johnson goes to Nebraska, and yeah. you know all the like. You're able to see guys that walk the same path that you did go to Nebraska and do their thing there. Like, I don't think there's any question from a Creighton basketball standpoint that, like, Josh Dotzler going to Creighton makes it so that Antoine Young wants to go and then Josh Jones wants to go and then Kyrie Thomas and Justin Pat, like, because they all see it, you know? Yeah. Like, I also think so. It's it's twofold. It's winning on the macro, like, or the, the, the big picture level, but then it's winning with individual guys, too. They need Xavier Betts to go have a good career. Yeah. And they need some of those guys to to hit as well uh, for, for the Omaha recruiting thing to – to get better, but there's no question. That's just for guys like us. I just don't understand. Like when you're going to Missouri, like I don't, you're going I don't to Missouri. I don't get it. I don't have fun. I don't understand it. Um, he was asked. There's some girl that asked him about from Yard Barker. Asked her if asked Frost if he had a mantra or a key word for the season that he's given to the team, and <laughs> he said he's not a sloganeer, so he, and he shot it down. Good. Which is what a bad question. Oh, it's bad. But you know what I was thinking about though, like, because he said he goes, you know, I played for a guy in Tom Osborne that he didn't need to give us little lines to get us all fired up. Like, was the unfinished business thing? Was that like that wasn't Osborne, was it? Probably Peter. He's like, you know, we got (laughs) unfinished business. Beat you up? No. But I loved, I loved the, I loved how how much Frost was not. He did not have time for a slogan question at all. Um, I I just died at that. That was fantastic to me. A couple more things. Sam McEwen, of course. Shouts out to Sam McEwen. Basically, just gave Scott Frost. He goes, "I want to give you an opportunity to brag about Adrian Martinez," which is just like I like it. I like that, you know. And he did. Said he couldn't be more excited for for Adrian than he is right now. He, you know, he's gone through. The, he said he had a great freshman year. His sophomore year was was disappointing. Some was on. Some was his fault. Some was on the coaches and everyone else. Just said that he loves the fact that this is a guy that's experienced the highs and experienced the lows, and said he's the the most confident and comfortable in who Adrian is. Like Adrian right now is Adrian the most confident is, yeah. in himself and comfortable with who he is in a good place mentally and physically. He said he's primed for a good year. And man, I'm I am so excited to see what that dude looks like. 
I mean, we've had a thousand. Mar- you've had one Martinez conversation. You've had a thousand, but it's it, still just it's it's just you know what like because <sighs> ultimately, like he needs help. I think you and I are cut from the cloth that we feel like some of the some of the some of the shortcomings or some of the things that haven't gone well aren't all on him. No, you know. But at the not. same time, like you know. However, this year goes is probably going to be directly tied to how good Adrian Martinez is. Uh, he has I a shitty year. Nebraska can have a shitty year. We we need him a lot too. We need him in a way that like remember when there was the April Fools like Adrian's leaving like and right. your your stomach dropped out like that's how important he is. No matter what that he hasn't maybe lived up to the you know the hype that came out from his freshman year. Like he's still has the capabilities of being a really good player and he's extremely important to our success. He is the, without him, it's like, I am scared to death. What next year could be right. Right. With him. I think there's, I'm optimistic. Last thing we're out of here. And I want to, obviously we'll get more into this come Super Bowl game week, August 28th, but we've already talked a little bit about that Illinois game. And the, he was asked about the challenges of, of preparing for a game in week zero where it's a conference game and all that stuff. Can you kind of expand, like, where you're, you're, there's a little bit of guesswork in terms of what you're going to see? How hard, being a guy that played linebacker, like, how hard is that when you don't know specifically what it is that you're going to see? Like, or can, because I'm trying to get a sense of how game game plan specific your defensive calls are and all those things and how much is it like hey just apply your rules there really is anything that's going to happen that our rules can't solve does that make sense uh, like you're, yeah so your base defenses and your base bullets like you're they're designed to be run out of any kind of formation right you can usually say like you know if you're in nickel and you'll have three or four nickel blitzes and you'll have three or four coverages right you can run those however they they line up and you practice against different plays. So you could basically have your rules, follow the rules, but you also like, you know, you want to, the game plan is like, you know, a team, you get their tendencies and you want to like line your calls up with what you think they're going to do. Right. So right. that's where like when you blitz in a situation that is not the time to blitz, like you're at a disadvantage. Right. So these, that's where like knowing the team, the formations, gotcha. what they do, doesn't mean you can't just call the plays. You can call any play anytime and you have rules. It's just like it's not as good of a matchup for you. It's not as a good like you want to get your best players um in positions to succeed, right? And sometimes it's like, well, if you got a little guy on a big tight end or so, you know, it's like these are things that like that's part of the game plan, right? So um or you get like a linebacker trying to guard like a really good guy in slot and you're matching him up with man, like, yeah, it works on paper. That guy's got a man-to-man, but like it's a bad matchup, right? right? You're asking him to do something he can't do well. Never that should never be the case. Something he can execute is what you should have it set up. So it's like you got to know your personnel, their personnel. Um, it, there's a lot to it, but I think the thing people are going to be wondering about is Illinois new coordinators, new coach. It, so you're literally looking at the coordinator's old film from their other team. Right. And you're kind of, you know, you're getting your your idea like, okay, this is West Coast. This is this or this is zone read. And you prepare for what the best you can. But, you know, you fall back on if it's something totally wacky. You play some of the base stuff. 
use your rules and you adjust. I mean, that's where halftime and sideline adjustments, you got to be able to do it. You practice that stuff too. So you can do it. What, what about the other side of it? Like, not knowing what the defense, because obviously you. This is I'm asking you to like look at it from an offensive perspective now. Yes. Too is that because I think we when I when I think of like not knowing I'm when I think about the challenges of not knowing what you're going to see I view that totally through a defensive lens. You're not sure what defense you're going to see. Yeah, like okay. or, or through a defensive lens of like so meaning the defense is at a disadvantage because they haven't seen this offense. Yes. So what about the flip side of that for Martinez and those guys where? How hard is is it really? I'd imagine it's it's challenging, but what what about that? I think it's always um, like sometimes you'll see an offense come out and they're really flat. A lot of times that's because a defense that they have even scouted might be doing something totally different, right? Okay. Like they're lined differently. You know, like if they're they were and always doing under, now they're over. Like they're shooting gaps. They're doing different things, right? You know, different kinds of stunts and coverages that you're not used to. That sometimes, you know, throws an offense off, and then you have to go to the sideline and adjust. And, and so I think, especially in like a first game of the year, you know, you can you got to be ready that what you think you're going to see might not be there, and you have to be able to adjust to that. Right? I'll just be curious what that looks like. You know, like it's why you got to have rules. Like you have right. to have rules that you you can follow as a baseline. And then the more you know somebody, the more you can hone them in and really kind of game plan for for I somebody can't. if you really, really know it and can expect it. But then, like you know, like I said, they could come out and do something totally different. If I'm not mistaken, uh, that game's at noon, isn't it? Yeah, thank God. I think I don't have to wait all day for that game. Yeah. No. The Super we'll Bowl. wake up. You don't want to wait till the night. You don't want to. On Super Bowl Sunday, Super Bowl Saturday at Illinois, August 28th, you don't want to wait all day for that game. So there you go. I mean – I figured that, you know, listen, Big Ten media days, media days in general, it's all like you can make them a big deal if you want to. That's just kind of going through what Frost had to say. Um, did you like his quads and thighs, though? That's Nick, the I liked his thing. quads. I didn't even look at his thighs. Let me tell you something. I liked his quads. I didn't even look at his thighs. <sighs> all right. I'm going to have to eradicate thighs in my vocab when describing. Well, maybe just for men. You can talk about your wife's a thighs. Wi yeah, my wife's. I like my wife's thighs. <laughs> Frost. I meant quads, Scott, if you're listening to this. I meant I like your quads, okay? We better end this pod before I talk We're about other We're going to have other, 10 bubblies and I've done yes. 10 pods today. Let's get out of here before I say anything else stupid. All right, my thanks to Pella. If you're thinking about a new window or a new door, now is the time. Check them out online on the web at PellaOmaha.com. That's PellaOmaha.com. And uh, my thanks to my good friends at Runza. Best fries on the planet. Great burgers. Cheese Runza. Delicious. The food is simply fantastic. Runza makes it all better. A Huda Media Production.